0: Right, I've got too many many things in my eye line, I don't know why I haven't just done that, oh I need that. For the listeners I've just decided to move the microphone arm out of my way so that it gave me more space on the desk. Here we go, welcome back to Widowed AF. you're here with Rosie Gilmoss and
1: Jonathan Gilmoss.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Um, Thank you for bearing with us as um, I sort of fell off the metaphorical cliff a little bit. Not not too badly and not for too long. No permanent damage or injury was had or made. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If I'm honest, and I took a while to get to what it was, it was the fact that I knew... Lots of people obviously had listened to Laurie's episode, which upset me so much at the time of recording. I was so fearful about recording and it sort of put me back into that panic, I think, and I knew I had to listen back to it because I listened back in order to do these. Um we, we call them our wash up episodes. Um and I think it, just paralysed me. I think I was just absolutely paralysed, combined with just having a shit ton of stuff going on. So I'm all good and enjoying being back behind the microphone, actually. Um, So, yes, Laurie's episode. Um, For anybody that hasn't listened, firstly, and secondly, it is um, probably one of if not the best episode that we've put out um because laurie is just so clever and articulate and insightful and if that woman doesn't write some book of profound sayings at some point then i'm just gonna do it and plagiarize <laughs> 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 but wasn't she just the most wonderful human being <laughs>
1: yes she was she wasn't um it was an episode full of Quite a lot of emotion. I think I was crying within eight minutes of everything. <laughs> I think that's I gave you all the warning, didn't I? Just before the episode went out, like, don't drive. Yeah. Don't. But then all the way through to like, uh, the other side, you know, the traveling through the grief and facing it and feeling it and
0: yeah. all the
1: other good stuff that we have to go through. The,
0: the good stuff, all the fun stuff. But I and and other people too really related to this analogy that unless you feel the grief and the pain and it isn't nice. But unless you do, you will never truly feel anything else. And I think that's true. I think you have to, in my favourite bear hunt analogy, you, you you can't go under it, you can't go over it, you've got to go through it. I
1: you can't go round it, you got to go through it, yeah.
0: I don't, I, I don't think we've got a child young enough to own that book anymore.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a
0: bit sad, really. I we um, do own the book, though. Oh, probably somewhere, somewhere. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, it was a um, a beautiful episode, and I genuinely loved talking to her, and I felt a a connection with her that I I didn't expect. Um, I knew it was going to be a, a a different episode because I hadn't spoken to anybody yet whose husband had drowned. Um, but there were just so many parallels as well as many differences and it brought back um the term this is no longer a rescue mission it's a recovery and that's what made me cry because i had probably blocked out those words Mm. and it's it must have been at that point that the sort of hope went you know that you realize it's it's not This is not just going to suddenly come right. Yeah. So we're going to let you hear for yourselves a little clip from that moment as we discuss hope disappearing. And, you, yeah, you'll hear me get upset, but that's not surprising, is it? So have a a listen. And um, he sat me
2: down. I'll never forget this. Face to face in chairs, our knees were almost touching. And he looked at me and he he said, I need you to understand, two hours have gone by um, since the 911 call. And we have boats on the lake. We have OPP boats on the lake. They had paddleboarders. They had canoers. They had kayakers. They had fishing boats. They had everyone who was on the lake that day. It was a very busy day on the lake. Everyone who was on the lake that day had kind of congregated and were searching. Mm -hmm. and so." To help you to understand, um, it's a quite a large lake, and it's a very deep lake, and they were in the middle of the lake. So there wasn't the possibility that he had just gone to shore. That, yeah. that wasn't a possibility. And he said to me, I need you to understand what I'm saying to you. And I said, I know what you're saying. I know this lake. I grew up on this lake. I know what you're saying.
0: And he said, this is no longer a rescue. It's a recovery. God, fuck up. I feel quite emotional even just hearing that back. Yeah. Um, I know when you were listening, you kind of just text me and just went, "I just want to come and give you a hug." But I think I was actually interviewing somebody else. Time. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it forced. i got sorry, John. I've hardly let you get a word In any I promise you will hear his voice. Still here, people. He is still here. <laughs> um. But it, it forced me to go back in and confront some parts that I had tried to, I guess to, to shove down and despite the counselling and the therapy um, I am not a candidate for EMGR at the moment I am I want to try it but I'm not on the advice of both psychiatrist and therapist that the, I think their term was not quite resilient enough yet <laughs> <laughs> not, not yet not yet to find out that there were still so many bits that I had forgotten or blacked out or so yeah it 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 kind of pushed me forward in my grief process but but it it they call it work for a reason huh it it's done along the way yeah (laughs) ironically once i'd listened to the episode back i was totally fine wasn't
1: i yeah but that's generally the way this shit goes isn't it
0: Mm. and it's it's yeah the hard thing is rarely as scary as you think it's going to be but you can become so paralysed by the idea of doing something, particularly if you're a little neurospicy, that yeah. you will spend way more time worrying about doing the thing than the thing would have taken to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and no, nope, gone completely.
0: What's that note? What was that thing you said to me that if you can do it in a certain amount of time, then you should just do it?
1: Uh, yeah, that's a, it's a, that's a productivity thing. I love productivity stuff. Um and it's when you when you organise your tasks and you say if the job's gonna take you less than five minutes to do, then just get it done straight away. Don't put it onto a list. Just just do it.
0: See, even for five five minutes I would have to write it down, otherwise I'd forget. <laughs> <laughs> Either if I can do it in thirty seconds or on Amazon, <laughs> I'll do it immediately. <laughs> but yes, um you like to have quite a sort of slick m- management system, don't you? Like you, you're trying to figure out a way of getting our house efficient so that we all know where we are and what time, and it's yeah. all collaborative.
1: Yeah. There's too many moving parts. i We got <laughs> we've obviously we've rebuilt the hellhole. Oh, not rebuilt, we've renovated the house, mm. and now we live here. We realise what we need to do to it. So we've got all these little projects coming through. We've got the studio, we've got the interviews and everything else, and um, I need to manage it all because as you guys know when you've been dealing with me on your bookings I am not very good at this stuff so I'm trying to put systems and things in place so that I can better serve you guys
0: Better, so we can better service you sorry childish on me childish any, any, sorry the another thing wanted to talk about is something that laurie said and i wrote down quite a lot of things that laurie said because of my massive girl crush on her um but she said you've got to let go of the idea of a soulmate because if you commit to this idea that there is only one person in the entire world that you can possibly ever be in love with truly then not only are you boxing yourself in and you're also causing a Negative feeling out there, and if you if people sort of feel, oh no, it's you, it's your one and only soulmate. Well, how can you possibly have another relationship then? And it's decided that you might have two soulmates, you know, some people may have three, hmm. y- you, you don't know,
1: yeah. And is your best friend your soulmate, or is your wife, or your husband, or the part yeah. the person you've lost? Um, the, 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 uh,
0: soulmate's a funny term, isn't it? Yeah,
1: I'm not going to go on a rant, so don't worry, guys. Um, but this all does stem from religion. Oh. If um, you remember in the in the old days, it wasn't that long ago. It, in, it started, I think, it started with nineteen. But if you were a widowed female in the little villages and settlements, I say you did wear the black. You did basically not look anyone in the eye. You were effect, was it? Effectively, effectively retired out. Um, and it's another case of old-fashioned thinking in a modern-day world doesn't work. And like you say, with the children analogy. You don't just love the first one, and the second one, it's half. It's 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 the same love, but, but different.
0: Debatable on some days, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so, I I I kindly would wish this thing of how dare you have another relationship after you've lost your person to kindly go and fuck off. Mm. If I'm quite honest, mm. because there's so much stress, um, and as 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 people are going to hear in. Um, our episode on Monday. How about that for a link?
0: Oh, Sorry. Um
1: with the way that the you know the Spanish patriarchy works and mm-hmm. what what um Melita. Melita, thank you. I was gonna completely mess that <laughs> name up then. Um you know what she's had to endure and still is enduring. Um purely because she fell in love with a man and, and he died. Mm-hmm. Like she did nothing wrong. She's trying to be a really good person. Mm-hmm.
0: Um Yeah, and it's it's that kind of idea of, you know, sh- putting shame on a person who is already feeling so many big emotions that it, it's just, it's it's actually a cruelty, really. You know, if they're getting a little bit of happiness, then let them at it, right?
1: Yeah. They're not hurting anybody.
0: On the subject of happiness, so I'm, that's a not a great link, but I also want to talk about something that Laurie said. Um And they're quite difficult words that I want to talk about. But when somebody dies who you love very dearly, you will and you may say that you wish that you were dead too. I sort of began to envisage what would happen to the children. And, you know, (laughs) could I drive off a cliff with us all in the car? I mean, these were never serious considerations, I hasten to add. But it was at that point I'd went on antidepressants. Um, but it is something that is still so taboo. And it is very difficult to say, that, like, I just want to die or I just can't do this. I just want to give up. And maybe there are times that you don't want to be here, particularly if you have mental health problems. You don't necessarily mean that you want to in that instant end your life your feelings are so powerful and so intense that that in that moment, that's how you feel. So she said, let us say the words, let them be spoken. And I really agree with that. I think let, let those words come out. If they're in you, um, to somebody that you trust and uh, reassure them that you don't intend to harm yourself unless you do, in which case, please, please seek urgent, urgent assistance. Um, but sometimes just articulating those words and saying them out loud takes all the pain and the power and the shame and you see them for the ridiculous words of nothing that don't mean anything that they are but if they stay inside of you that's they build up and 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 make you feel i don't know like you you have to be silent so yeah if if somebody trusts you enough to share with you that they are feeling that low please don't Judge them or um belittle it you know it, it is a cry for help but but, but that's what it is it is a cry for help, and I would feel quite honored, I think, if somebody felt they could bear their soul to me like that mm. um so yeah anyway sorry i, I, I it, it's a really difficult subject to talk about because um there have been points where I have felt so low that I haven't wanted to be here I don't want to kill myself, of course i don't but Those thoughts, the intrusive thoughts that happen when you're incredibly low and we are so vulnerable to those, those intrusive thoughts sometimes just need to be spoken aloud. And it's hard, but sometimes even if it's just out while you're walking the dog, maybe just just say it.
1: Yeah, and something I've now realised, which I didn't do, which I need to start doing, is um, when someone comes and tells you these feelings and how they're feeling, My immediate reaction, I sort of recoil from it and I I can't handle the words. But you're right, you don't actually want to do it, but what I should be doing is acknowledging how you're feeling but then explaining to you that your mind is playing a trick on you and this will pass. This will Um, pass. So Mm -hmm. I'm doing work on myself to stop my initial reactions
0: but that but the initial reaction is one of absolute terror isn't it because those are words that you never want to hear spoken by somebody that you love yeah and but perhaps if more people did speak it less people would do it um because I I, I do genuinely believe in the power of just getting the words out and freeing them from you know just being stuck in that kind of real you know the place where they get stuck. Those the horrible feelings. Mm. <laughs> anyway, I, should we sort of cheer things up a little <laughs> bit from that? Because I don't want to bring you guys down. And these these are, these are supposed to be the lighter episodes. Um, I suppose we could tell people a little bit about what's going on over here.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you want to do the elephant in the room? You know, dying to talk about it. No, you're dying to talk about it. I you don't know, what, we're I going don't
0: to talk know about. what you're talking about. Everyone
1: knows what we're going to talk about.
0: Um, I had the, I'm the great honor to speak to Donna Ashworth this week and she was completely wonderful and glorious as you'd expect her to be. Um, and the episode went out on Wednesday as a special, um, because I was so excited. I couldn't wait basically. Uh, She, if I'm completely honest, I expected it to be a kind of clip drop in from uh, uh, for this for this episode. You know, maybe sort of 15 minute chat. Um, I think it's nearly two hours, and um, yeah, it's it's really deep. Actually, Mm. I I did not expect to go in such depth on so many topics, or to see so many parallels between our lives. And although she's not widowed, um, a lot of other sort of personality traits we share. Um, I really liked her as a human being and probably could have carried on talking for longer, actually.
1: Well, I think Donna makes reference at the end she didn't realise you were still recording. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs>
0: well, twice we are like, oh, yeah, we'll wrap this up now. And then we just went back <laughs> in again on some other fascinating topic.
1: Yeah, I think it takes about 20 minutes to finish the episode. <laughs>
0: but it was really, really amazing to talk to her. And I, yeah, it's just a fascinating moment. I'm just, I, I find people fascinating and I find them, what motivates them to do things. And these beautiful words that she puts out into the world that resonate so much with our community, I wanted to know where they came from. And it's, I was just so interested in the fact that she talks about naturally running dark and, you know, she has to really fight to keep her demons at bay. And these words she's written, you know, over time and collated and she sort of had to reassure people that she wasn't in a desperately dark place every time she (laughs) put out a post initially. But, yeah, it it was really awesome to talk to her and I, yeah, I... I hope if you haven't heard it, you might go listen to it. Um, uh, one of my friends actually said that she was going to play it to her daughter, who is um, currently going through a, uh, some screening for neurodiversity. Um, and also somebody else saying they were going to play it to their husband. And so the amount of topics, there's kind of, I mean, there's something for everybody in there, isn't there? there is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it sort
1: of swings through quite a few Quite um deep topics but i mean normally i when i edit i edit in the background and i get on with other things other jobs while it's playing in the background and i actually just stopped and watched the entire thing um and then by the time i looked at like, oh, oh okay um yeah. uh, it was it was a great interview
0: i mean i i did listen to it back um basically because i was really worried that it hadn't gone as well as i thought it had in my head Because normally when I come out of an interview, I'm like, oh, no, I don't think I did very well in that one. Or, you know, nitpicking, nitpicking, nitpicking. Um, So to be able to listen to it back and hear that actually, essentially what it sounds like is a conversation between two. (laughs) friends. Yeah. Two
1: friends.
0: It's like we've known each other for for ages. It was really, I I felt very relaxed and comfortable talking to her. So, um, yeah, go have a listen. I've got another thing that I want to um, bring into the world's vocabulary and that thing is grief Sherpa. Yes. So this is something that Laurie used in her application was the term grief Sherpa. So I, I asked her to elaborate a little bit on it and a grief Sherpa is, I guess what it sounds like. It's somebody who shepherds you and guides you through a journey that they have been on themselves to some extent. And it just really struck me how because that's what you do. You sort of you. If somebody I know, unfortunately, <laughs> becomes widowed, I immediately reach out to them with love and support, and try my very best to continue to do so, mm-hmm. because I know the importance of continued contact. It doesn't have to be grand gestures; just continued contact sometimes is enough. Yeah, um, and I think that, that is you, you go on and, and become a grief Sherpa and you guide you guide another person through. But one thing you must be aware of, uh, and I myself do have to take great care with this, is is not to overburden yourselves with other people's grief because you are probably, no matter how long you are in your journey, still grieving yourself. Um, but actually Becky, who was mentioned in um, the episode, did message me to thank us for sharing Laurie's story. And yeah. I think the response over the pond has been really really positive
1: yeah it has been really really positive
0: um in positive more positive news we're going away we are yeah (laughs) we (laughs) we do try and get away for a couple of nights um a year on our own together because we are both full-time you know parents (laughs) i mean when they're not at school and um We need a break. I don't know why I'm justifying it. We need a bloody break. So um, we are going over to Amsterdam for three nights because neither of us have much fancied flying. So we're going on the Eurostar.
1: Yeah.
0: We've got a nice hotel booked. We have no zero children coming with us. Big thank you to Auntie Lulu. Um, And we're just going to chill for three days. So, yeah, we'll maybe share a few pictures with you. Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... Um, I cannot tell you how much I'm looking forward to just spending three days just together, just hanging out.
1: Mm, I'm looking forward to rebooting myself.
0: Um. Oh, so I said so, really romantic about spending time together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's how, that's how I'd like to reboot myself, is we, we go away and just be at normal adult couples for yeah, a while.
0: and I think much like any other couples that have met since being widowed, we didn't have those early years. We didn't have the mini breaks before you have kids or the all-inclusives in Jamaica for your honeymoon and things like this that, that you can do before you got four children that, um, you know, you adore, but you don't necessarily want to pay to take on honeymoon with you. <laughs> <laughs> so we try and, and have just a few adventures together, you know, trying we went to Reading Festival, that's a whole other story. Um <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> That is a story in <laughs> itself. So that's
0: the episode in itself, yeah. And um, you know, we are just we're just gonna go and have a have a couple of days respite care. Do we call it respite care? Respite care, rest yeah. doesn't respite. care. So um we will have an episode out for you on Monday. It is Melita Honeycup, which yep. is not her real surname um she is fascinating to listen to and as john mentioned earlier it is really interesting the way that the culture in spain differs from ours in how she's um been treated i mean i'm sure it's not uh, across the board in spain but in this particular instance so do have a listen um and for now take care of yourselves
1: goodbye everybody
0: have a good weekend